Hi, everyone. It's Robert Poole. Today, I wanted to continue our look at active marketing and prospecting methods. The question of this episode is, do online marketing and prospecting methods really work for B2B? Let's get started and find out. you have a small B2B business, are you frustrated with the lack of resources to grow in B2B? So where do we go to learn how to grow our B2B business? Should we focus on traditional offline methods, online techniques, or both? How do we bring in more clients and revenue and yet keep our sanity? I'm Robert Poole. Join me as I share two decades of B2B growth experience, learn new techniques, and combine both offline and online growth strategies to grow my own business. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having an awesome day. In the last episode, we talked about the importance of making active prospecting and marketing techniques the cornerstone of your growth strategy. We spent some time on how cold calling can be very effective to use in B2B, especially when you have higher ticket items. But what do you do if you have a $29 widget that you sell to businesses? you're probably not going to be able to sell enough of them to, you know, via cold calling to pay for that method's cost unless you're selling in big bulk to these customers. You know, a lot of businesses have tried some form of online marketing. You know, the uh, a good chunk of the economic spending in the U.S. is from online sales, so it certainly makes sense to take advantage of this. However, a lot of businesses have also tried online marketing and found it to be a big money suck without much return on their investment, particularly in B2B. You know, it can be intimidating and complicated, to say the least. Uh, our business was no exception to the squandering of money online without results. Right after the 2008 crash of the economy, our business took a hit like most other businesses. Due to our primary reliance on cold calling and active marketing, we survived the storm while a lot of other businesses went under. If you're old enough to have been in business at the time, you know how dark things seemed at the time. You know, even though we survived, the, this downturn forced us to do some soul-searching about the direction of our business you know, what methods we were using for marketing, et cetera. You know, as Tony Robbins says, and I'm totally paraphrasing, but it's something like when things are going great, we tend to party. And when they aren't doing so well, we tend to ponder. You know, everyone thought that the world was coming to an end in 2008 and 2009, but the smart money knew it wouldn't last forever. And they were right. The next decade was one of the biggest economic growth periods in history. And as always happens, as of the date of this recording, we're again in the middle of an economic crisis that dwarfs even 2008, the coronavirus epidemic. Hopefully, if you're listening to this down the road, uh, that things have improved positively, but I'm sure they'll never go back to the, quote, normal like we were before. Another episode on that rabbit trail later. Anyway, in uh, 2009, we had pared back our cold calling sales force that we had in-house at the time and started diverting the budget to online advertising. You know, a fancy website, email campaigns, all that that goes along with it. We started and primarily used Google AdWords, which was kind of the, the big advertiser at the time. Uh, Facebook was coming online, but not as powerful. So first, we spent a bunch of money and time developing a new website with a costly video spokesperson. You know, after it was done, we thought, wow, people are going to look at this website and sign up immediately. It was so compelling. You know, how could you not? But keep in mind that our, our low entry price was about $500 just to get started. Uh, and that was, you know, 10 years ago. We tried uh, SEO or you know search engine optimization to increase our ranking in Google when people searched for us, but we found it was really difficult given that we were in a very competitive space. Everything was built to drive traffic uh, just to our website. Uh, since we understood that this took time, you know, potentially months to show any effect in rankings in Google, we figured we'd better do some advertising to bring in more traffic quicker. 
So we did a lot of pay-per-click advertising with Google AdWords and ran some more traditional banner ads and websites and that sort of thing. You know, over about a year, we calculated we spent almost $100,000 between our website upgrades, video, and advertising. And unfortunately, we also calculated that we got about five additional sales from that effort that year. Uh, this couldn't be considered anything but an abysmal failure. This totally turned us off to online strategies, and it was years before we considered any kind of online presence. Sure, we revamped our website a few times and started some social media pages, but those were more like business cards than prospecting tools. It's only been the last couple of years or so that we've turned our attention back to online marketing and prospecting. I've personally learned a ton about online marketing, and looking back, I can see why we lost so much money and our efforts were so wasted. There are a couple areas where we really messed up. The first was the most basic fundamental of prospecting, whether you're offline or online, and that's know your target customer and only market to them directly. This is a fairly simple to do thing with offline traditional cold calling. I mean, you have to generate a list of businesses to call based upon, you know, a certain criterion profile of your dream clients. You can buy lists based on demographic info like revenue, employee count of a company, industry, time in business, zip code, you know, all that good stuff. You know, most business owners can follow that and figure out what their best criteria for a list is and then just get that list from a provider like InfoUSA or Dun & Bradstreet. However, it's not as simple or as easy to do online unless you're a seasoned internet marketer, especially with businesses. We found the key to online prospecting and marketing in general is to really narrow down and define your dream clients and then go to where they're already at online. They won't come to you just because you have a nice website that supposedly is optimized for search engine optimization. They may accidentally stumble on your website, but we found most of the people that did actually weren't the type of clients we were looking for anyway. So our efforts were using the shotgun approach of SEO and pay-per-click based upon keywords was almost useless. While keyword pay-per-click ads can work well for some industries, for us in B2B telemarketing and lead generation, it's extremely competitive and hard to narrow down. You know, even if you do attract the type of client that is looking for your service, they tend to be focused on price uh, as they're comparing you to every other competitor that's advertising and who they find online. And it really is a race to the bottom in, in pricing anyway. So how do you target the right audience, your dream clients? Well, you know, one thing I've learned, you know, from some of the top internet marketers, uh, guys like Russell Brunson and Steve Larson, who, by the way, I highly recommend you check them out, uh, is that your dream clients are out there online hanging out, so to speak, in different places on the web. They may be part of certain Facebook groups. They may be using industry forums, watching certain types of webinars, or listening to certain podcasts, but they're out there congregating somewhere. So how does this apply to you, and how can you avoid the mistakes we made? First, don't fall for the if-we-build-it-they-will-come idea that some, quote, experts will tell you. Very rarely will a product sell itself. Uh, basically, it won't sell itself if nobody knows about it, and you can't expect people to find out about it by passive methods like throwing up a website or a social media page and expecting the right people to find you. You need to find out where they're already congregating and market directly to them. The second major mistake we made in our internet marketing was having ads lead back to our homepage or even, uh, you know, when it was interior pages of our website. You know, if you look at the analytics of the pages of your website, you can see what they call a bounce rate, which means people go to a page and then they leave it and go to another website. Uh, and you can see which pages uh, they're going to and where they're leaving. And that gives you an indication of where their interest lies. And when you're trying to guide them in a certain direction, you can see where you're losing them. 
you know, one of the big tenets of marketing and sales in general is that a confused mind won't buy. You know, I mean, it's like, have you ever seen a cold call script where the prospector is trying to close for the appointment and they say something like, you know, how about Wednesday at four or Friday at nine? You know, this is done on purpose uh, to narrow down the choices the prospect has. If you give them too many options, they'll get overwhelmed and leave. You kind of have to tell them what to do. So if you have a website that's just a general menu of all the things that they can do, you're not telling them what to do with a specific action. What kind of solves that problem is uh, something called a sales funnel, which is sort of a guide to get to the person to do what you want them to do. Online sales funnels were a new technique to us and, and something that we're implementing across our company. You know, I originally struggled with the concept because I thought, well, you know, that's great for a $49 widget, uh, you know, that sold the, you know, consumers, but it's not going to work for B2B. I was dead wrong and we're having great success with this process. And I'll cover more on this uh, later in the episode about what we're doing and how it's working. The third major mistake uh, we made in internet marketing was my own personal need to hold on to technical tasks uh, myself instead of finding somebody who was better than me to do them. You know, outsourcing sounds like a no brainer. I mean, you're probably sitting there saying, well, duh, Robert, of course. But, you know, if you look at what you're doing, you are probably doing something right now. Even if you're already outsourcing, there's something you're probably doing as an owner that you could find somebody else to do who's better at it and who can do it for cheaper than you can. My problem was that I held on to tech things just because I could do them. And, I, you know, I enjoyed it, too. But, you know, I understand when you get started, it's hard to pay for outsourcing. But that should be your goal to move quickly to start outsourcing parts of your business. In the early stages of our company, I did all the tech work because I could. If I didn't know how to do something, you know, I would just learn. At that time, it was books, and eventually it became, you know, the Internet. But I became a decent tech guy at a a ton of things and a decent coder. But in reality, I was an expert in nothing. Instead of hiring somebody to build our website, I did it myself. Instead of hiring someone to do SEO, I learned to do it. Uh, Instead of hiring somebody to work on our database, I learned how to do it myself. So instead of hiring somebody to do things that just because you can do them doesn't mean that you should, you know, what we got was mediocre tech implementations that could have been done better and probably cheaper than I could do them. You know, I finally let my ego out of the way a few years ago and we started outsourcing pieces of tech work that I knew what I have to learn and it wasn't that good at. And it amazed me how much better a product was turned out by an expert instead of me and without the stress, time and effort involved. This has really changed our business dramatically. So, you know, you hear this idea a lot in entrepreneurship and it's easy to talk about and easier uh, to talk about than do. But I would really challenge you to find even small tasks that you do and find an employee who can do them for you, a freelancer or even another company. So these are some of the mistakes we made with online marketing. And uh, we'll talk further about this, but I, I think I wanted to give you an overview of the concepts and some of the things, some of the real basic stuff that I think makes a difference and can make a difference, uh, particularly in B2B businesses. I hope this sort of gets your wheels spinning and thinking about your particular company and uh, that you got something out of this. In the next episode, we're going to talk more about a principle we found really saved our business during the dark times and made us millions of dollars. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Have an awesome day. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable, and it's an honor to serve you. Please subscribe and rate this show on iTunes and give me your honest feedback and what future subjects would help you out the most. I also put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years in a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com. That's growyourb2bcompany.com.